situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beat for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Please. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over with the Trevor's Bob Pro The castration of the major league baseball managers, we know it. Ask me about my weenhead. The Jets' decision to move on from Zach Wilson as their starting quarterback and go with Mike White. Something that is probably sounds a little bit unprecedented if you think about the Jets drafting Zach Wilson with the number two overall pick just a year ago. Not this past draft, but the year before. And really what the decision uh, symbolized. It was the fact that the Jets were moving on from a quarterback that currently was under a rookie contract in Sam Darnold. So they had drafted Sam Darnold, they'd used him for three years, and right before what would have been, right now is the fifth year option, after three seasons they decided that Sam Darnold, the quarterback from USC, the quarterback that several teams, not just the Jets, had a thought of sucking for Sam so they can get the quarterback in the draft, They moved on from them very quick. And what it shows, it shows that there is not a lot of patience when it comes to the development of an NFL quarterback. Now, I'm not going to take the stance that either Zach Wilson nor Sam Darnold are going to be big-time quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, the reason that the Jets moved on from Darnold was their lack of faith and belief in turning the team around with him. And they never got a chance to do that with with Darnold on the roster. Darnold obviously ended up going to Carolina, where had you know not so good results last year. This past year he's been hurt. Got a chance to start last week. Who knows? I mean, he's a guy that's not out of the league yet per se. I mean, another guy that was drafted in the same draft, which I will refer to in a little bit, in Josh Rosen, just about is out of the league. So if you look at some other quarterbacks in the past outside of just um, Zach Wilson, a couple starts or a handful of starts into the second season for a guy that's the number two overall pick, it doesn't happen too often. And like I said, you have to go back to three years ago and Josh Rosen and him being drafted number 10 overall by the Arizona Cardinals and the decision being made after one season not only to move on from Darnold and draft Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick, but also to fire head coach Steve Wilkes after just one full season as the Arizona Cardinals head coach. Uh, If you look back in the past, Jamarcus Russell seems like, because of his name stature, um, the public battle that seemed to exist with the ownership and the Raiders and their unhappiness with Jamarcus Russell. You would have thought he had about five seasons there. Jamarcus Russell was gone after about the second season. Um, If you go back, and I'll pull Jamarcus up here just so we could remember. Um, he, He was drafted number one overall in 2007 by the Raiders. Made just one start that year. Um, the team, he, he got into four games. Lane Kiffin was the head coach. They finished 4-12 and 12 that year. Josh McCown started nine games. Dante Culpepper started six. And Russell 
looks like he was being rested or babied for that first season, so he only got into one game. The next year, the Raiders um, played him 15 out of the 16 games with Kiffin and Tom Cable as the head coach. And Andrew Walter got the other start, but Russell played in 15 games in his first full season of being an NFL quarterback. The next year, in 2009, gets into 12 games, starts 9. Bruce Gradkowski starts 4. Charlie Fry starts 3. And after that, Jamarcus Russell is out of the league. So this is a guy that was the number one overall pick in a 2007 draft. Basically gets a red shirt year in 2007, his first year with the Raiders. Gets 15 starts the next year. 12 games, 9 starts in year 2. And not only is done as the Raiders starting quarterback, but is out of the league. You know, Josh Rosen, if you look at it, you know, he, he kind of got a little bit of a raw deal. And re- I remember Rosen kind of talking in the draft when there's three big-time quarterbacks taken ahead of him when he was selected out of UCLA. He said, hey, there's three teams that took a quarterback that are going to wish that they took me. Well, you know, if you're looking at the year of 2022, Josh Rosen's played for three teams, hasn't started a game in the NFL in t- since 2019. And listen, part of it may not have necessarily been his fault. Uh, a rebuilding Arizona team, a team that finished 3-13 and under Steve Wilkes, and Steve Wilkes was fired and replaced by Cliff Kingsbury after just one season. Sam Bradford was there. Bradford got three starts. The rest of the year was Rosen. It's amazing that they were able to make that call that Rosen was not the guy. And one of the points that I've continued to make on this show is that there is this dream that exists that the best quarterback, the all-time um, you know, 10-year starter, that Super Bowl champion quarterback that's going to lead you to a promised land and win games week after week, year after year, is somehow not on your roster right now. And there's this dream that continues to exist that the next college quarterback you take is going to be Peyton Manning. It's going to be Tom Brady. It's going to be Aaron Rodgers. And it doesn't work out that way. Even some of the top quarterbacks. Kyler Murray's going through a little bit of struggles right now. It's not that the Cardinals are going to move on from him, but would would it surprise you that at some point if the Cardinals say, hey, Maybe in a draft, there might be a better option. You know, the New York Giants, who have gotten adequate quarterback play from Daniel Jones, maybe not superstar quarterback play. You know, he's not winning Super Bowls like Eli. He's not flashy like some of the top passers, if you look in the league, you know, Mahomes, Josh Allen. But can the Giants necessarily do better? The Raiders, as they get set, and I'm going to talk about the Raiders and their coaching situation in a little bit, but the Raiders, as they get set for the draft, they're kind of uh, peaked with a little bit of interest in whether it's C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, whoever happens to be available for them if they get the number two overall pick. We already know Houston is going to get Stroud or Young, whoever whoever they choose. I would take Stroud. I think Stroud has, has got a little bit of a better arm. I think he's a I think he's more NFL ready. That being said, you know anybody that's playing in Alabama, you know they're going to be prepared by Nick Saban. So I don't think the the difference between the two is that dramatic at this point. But two quarterbacks are going one or two in a draft. And the Las Vegas Raiders may potentially move on from a quarterback that has played for them for the last, what, eight or nine years right now? And that's Derek Carr. And Derek Carr, at one point, a second-round pick, 
um, out of Fresno State, has had a good career with the Raiders. He's led them to the playoffs a couple times. The play playoffs, what, in 2021? This past year hasn't worked out too well. Obviously, you look at the Raiders and the win that they had in the, in the game last week. A little bit of a surprise. You know, a lot of people are on the Seattle Seahawks bandwagon, but a big win that should help um, cement the fact that Josh McDaniels will probably be back next year. But, you know, Achilles Smith is a guy that I wanted to bring up because he was taken um, as, as a top pick, number three overall by the Cincinnati Bengals in, in 1999. And if you look at Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Achilles Smith, the three quarterbacks that were taken a couple years ago, one, two, three, uh, was it uh, oh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance? That was the first time quarterbacks were taken one, two, and three since 1999 when Tim Couch went to Cleveland, Donovan McNabb went to the Philadelphia Eagles, and Achilles Smith went to the Cincinnati Bengals. And the weird thing about Achilles Smith is that he gets essentially a redshirt season gets a chance to start four games for a Bengals team under Bruce Coslett in 1999 that went 4-12. And Jeff Blake was the starter there. Still not 30 years old, by the way. Jeff Blake, I thought, had a very good arm. I thought was an adequate quarterback. Obviously not a superstar, but he, he was one of my favorite good quarterbacks that I kind of kind of watched growing up. But Achilles Smith, essentially, four starts, gets a redshirt season in his first year. Next year, 2000. Bruce Coslett's replaced by Dick LeBeau. And 11 starts go to Achilles Smith. They go 2-9. and nine. Scott Mitchell gets five starts. After that, Achilles Smith starts two games over the course of the next two seasons. Dick LeBeau's the quarterback. Uh, John Kitna starts 15 of the 16 games in 2001. And then in 2002, Dick LeBeau's back. The team goes 2-14. and 14. Kitna again gets... 12 starts, Gus Farrakh gets three, and just Achilles Smith gets one. So you're talking about a quarterback that was taken number three overall, essentially got one season to prove himself. Josh Rosen got one season to prove himself. Jamarcus Russell got basically a season and a half or a little less than two seasons to prove himself. And you look right now at Zach Wilson in the New York Football Jets. He's basically got a season and a half to prove himself. Now, what does that mean for the future of the New York Jets at the quarterback position? Is Mike White going to get a shot to be the long-term starter? I think a lot will have to do with how he plays the rest of the season. The Jets have a playoff-caliber roster. I think we would be shocked at this point to not see the Jets as one of the seven best teams in the AFC in the American Football Conference. So I'd expect the Jets to get to the playoffs. And if Mike White plays well, Leads the Jets to a potential playoff win, which I've said off air. I believe the Jets can go into the playoffs this year and win a playoff game. They could win a game wildcard weekend. They could get to the divisional round. I, I totally believe that. Then I think there's going to be discussion about Mike White and whether he is uh, a suitable to be the quarterback of, of the New York Jets for the future. Now, obviously, you hear a lot more of that when it comes to you know the New York radio stations and television. And, you know, you're going to give a guy that essentially was a journeyman, 26 year old, years old when he made his debut last year, won a game by throwing for 400-something yards, uh, kind of in a uh, in kind of a heroic type of fashion. And one of the things I always say, and I laugh about this because it's always true, 
teams and fans, fans of teams, the media, they always love the backup quarterback. They love the backup quarterback because he's, he's generally not in a game. He's usually on the sidelines. The starting quarterback is the one that you could have that tunnel vision and you could just study and watch their every move and micromanage and talk about how, hey, if they're not winning, they're not getting the job done. There's always a guy on the bench that's waiting to get in there, but that guy on the bench isn't necessarily better. So I think there's a very good chance that next year the Jets have a quarterback that's starting for them that isn't on the roster right now. Are they going to dig deep in the draft? Are they going to go out there and get themselves a Stroud or a Bryce Young? I'd be shocked if they did. But you look at this is a team that's ready to win. And I remember a, a quote from the owner of a team that I've rooted for since I was like 12, 13 years old, and that's the Houston Oilers. Bud Adams, who doesn't have a great reputation. He's the one that moved the Oilers out of Houston and into Tennessee. But he said after a tough playoff loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers that the Oilers were a quarterback away from being able to compete for a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. That's when they traded Dan Pastorini to the Raiders and they got themselves Kenny the Snake Stabler. Um, the coach at the time, Bum Phillips, didn't necessarily believe that. But he was a Stabler guy. He he. he in fact, Stabler followed him after he was fired in Houston to the New Orleans Saints, where he spent the last couple of years of his career. The Jets are kind of in the same situation. Their defense is solid. They have a very good running game, a good offensive line. Really, three or four very good wide receivers. Corey Davis is really their number four receiver if everybody gets played properly. There's Garrett Wilson, Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore. You, you, know, you look at that receiver core, and if you got somebody that, that could throw them all the ball and get them involved, that's a heck of an all-around team and a heck of a jump in one season for the Jets who were uh, bad enough to have the number two overall pick a couple of years ago. And what did they have? They had a couple picks in the top ten this past year. Uh, they've made a really good run. They're a legitimate playoff team. The question is going to be how good are they when it comes to the quarterback position. The other topic or the other uh, football point that I wanted to bring up today, um, the possibility of a couple coaches, one of whom I just mentioned, Josh McDaniels with the Las Vegas Raiders, Nathaniel Hackett with the Denver Broncos. Two, quarter, two uh, coaches getting one season, and then they essentially might be out of a job. McDaniels and the Raiders win against Seattle. I think put them in a better position where I think ownership, the front office over there, uh, after going with Gruden for a while, after trying to find uh, what they want to see, some stability and a long-term replacement, I think McDaniels gets another uh, chance. One coach that probably won't is Nathaniel Hackett. And you look at what's happened in Denver and how bad that that's been over there. This was a team that well, they were the darlings of the offseason. And all I could hear is whether it's you know Colin Cowherd or any of the the big blowhards out there that couldn't couldn't stop bragging about how great they thought the Denver Broncos were going to be. Oh man, they have a good defense. They got some good skill players. They added themselves a franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson. Now, you know, in addition to Russell Wilson, they brought in an offensive-minded head coach that was figured to be able to get the most out of Russell Wilson. And you see from the media standpoint where a lot of the blame is being thrown, it's towards Hackett. Hackett was expected to be an offensive guru. How come he's not getting the most out of Russell Wilson? I'm, 
I want to blame a little bit more of Russ, even though he is a, an accountable dude. I, I look at him, and, and, and certainly you know, he's a, he's a God-first guy. He, he has the right attitude. He reminds me in certain ways of myself when there's an issue, and the first thing I think about is, hey, what can I do to make it better? That describes Russell Wilson. That's the kind of person he is, let alone quarterback in the National Football League. So he's accountable. He's always going to say the right thing. And because of that, I think the media is going to give him a little bit of a pass when you look at the um, misfortunes and lack of performance of the Denver Broncos this year. But let's be serious. Let's call it out for what it really is. The Broncos sit here at 3-8 and eight right now. The expectations were the Broncos were supposed to be 8-3 and three or better. The expectations were that the Denver Broncos were supposed to be uh, the best team in the AFC West. And to me, there's no doubt that they're the fourth best team out of the four teams in that division. There's Kansas City. There's the Los Angeles Chargers. There's even the Raiders who are ahead of them right now. And I look at the Broncos and you wonder why. How has this happened? George Patton, the general manager, and Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach. What has to change for this team to be back on track of where it was supposed to be at the beginning of the year? The coach, he's not going to last. And unfortunately, that's the, the kind of business that we live in in the National Football League. When it comes down to it, they're not going to cut Russell Wilson. They're not going to trade Russell Wilson. In fact, they gave him a new contract. The expectation is there's supposed to be more in the bag for Russell Wilson. But my question is, what happens if there is not? What happens if Russell Wilson has nothing left? What happens if he's given it everything he's got and after a really good NFL career, just isn't the same anymore? I mean, think about how many years in Seattle he played. Nine straight years where he didn't miss a game. At some point, the wear and tear catches up to you. 300 touchdowns for his career, 92 interceptions. He's on track to be a Hall of Famer. Was a Super Bowl champion. Was a uh, you know perhaps a bad call away from being a two-time Super Bowl champion. This is a this is a quarterback that has had a very good career. But if you look at him this year, he clearly has not been the same. He's got a 32 quarterback rating, a 32 QBR which is one of the worst in the league. His quarterback, his rating is uh, 82.3, which is the lowest it's ever been in his career. So when we're, when we're going out there and we want to blame the coach and we think that the Broncos firing of Nathaniel Hackett, whenever it happens, whether it's during a season or after a season, to me it doesn't make sense to do it in season. I mean, where are you going to find somebody? You're going to be able to pick somebody off your staff, one of the guys that Hackett brought in here, and give him a chance to be the quarterback of the, uh, the coach of the future? I don't think so. I think you wait till the end of the season, Black Monday. You know there's going to be multiple coaches that are going to get fired. Probably some coaches that we don't think are going to get fired. But Nathaniel Hackett's leading the list. But are the Broncos better with just a head coach? That's what they're going to sell you on. And you look back in the past, Steve Wilkes, I'm happy for him getting a chance with the Carolina Panthers. And it looks like the the they're leaning towards giving Wilkes a chance to coach the team full-time next year. You know, I think of Urban Meyer, and a lot of it was Urban Meyer's baggage and his, really, refusal to conform to what it is to be an NFL head coach. There's differences between being a college coach and an NFL head coach, and, you know, not just from the recruiting standpoint, but, you know, when you're a college coach, you are the man. The players look up to you. You have a chance to kind of talk down or talk shit to players if you want to. 
because you know if, when push comes to shove, the players leaving. You ain't going anywhere. In the NFL, the players are making a lot more money with than you. The players have a lot more clout than you. The players are probably going to stay a lot longer than you do unless you go in there and win right away. And that didn't happen in, in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer, nor was it expected. But a struggling Jacksonville team losing a lot of games. Urban Meyer's been a winner his whole career. He didn't handle it well. That's the reason he didn't last the full season. But once again, I'd be shocked if Nathaniel Hackett was let go while the Denver Broncos were still playing this year. Because there's nothing to salvage. They're not making the playoffs. They're the fourth best team in that division. If they go on a little bit of a winning streak, maybe they could pass the Las Vegas Raiders. But they're not getting themselves in the playoff mix. I don't care if they yeah, they, they, they lose just one game the rest of the year. If they're 9-8 and eight or 8-9, eight and nine, and obviously if they're 9-8, they're and eight, that means they win their last six games, which I can't imagine them doing. They're still not making the playoffs, probably. This is the Past Ball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Alwish's Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passionate Food Truck, located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, haven't really talked that much about baseball free agency. To me, the hot stove really isn't going to get started until the beginning part of December, baseball winter meetings. Remember, so many things had to happen this time because of the pending lockout. And that's really why there was so much action at this time last year. Not so much right now. And I think, you know, we should see some stuff heating up. You know, obviously Aaron Judge, everybody wants to figure out where he's going, if he's going back to the Yankees. I think when push comes to shove, he'll be back there. Jacob DeGrom, there's going to be a different story every day about, you know, some different team that he talks to. Um, I'd be shocked if in the end DeGrom didn't end up coming back to the Mets. But we'll see. Like I said, next week we're going to probably get more into the baseball hot stove as the winter meetings start from San Diego. Uh Thank you for tuning in. This is the Past Ball Show once again, brought to you by JohnPLA.com, St. Alwish's Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. God bless you, and as always, I see you on the other side. Chris Bryant was on the Chicago Cubs roster opening day. I have many leather-bound books. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. Now they come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. Not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. There are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at They put their tail between their legs decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. 
You damn well right better give him a contract extension. You damn well right better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion. <laughs>